Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. It's a great opportunity now. We're just going to spend some time looking in God's Word. And so if you've got your Bibles, or if you've got your phones and you want to turn your Bible on, uh, we're actually going to be looking at Genesis chapter 6. We're going to be looking, oh sorry, Genesis chapter 7. We're going to be looking at the story of Noah, and Noah, the story of Noah is from chapters 6 right through to 9. And uh, this is to help us with our new theme we're moving into of family. And uh, particularly the family of faith, or family by faith. And uh, I know many of us, just culturally, we have family that's not actually our blood relatives or bloodline, right? I'm half Filipino, so I've grown up like having loads of aunties and uncles. Only at the age of, I don't know, being a teenager, I realized they weren't actually my aunties and uncles. It was kind of a respect thing. I see Shegan walking around the church, who was part of our staff team. Any lady in this church is his auntie. He's always trying to score brownie points, get in with them. But it got me thinking, you know, in family, some of us actually have family who are not blood relatives, but actually we consider them family because they're really close friends, right? You have friends that you would consider a brother or a sister. Maybe you do. And um, what I've realized about that is friendship really forms over like a mutual interest or passion, your love for something. So maybe it's like reading or maybe it's sports, maybe it's films, maybe it's food. That's always a good one to bring people together. And your love for that subject, your love for whatever that interest or passion is, it grows more horizontally with that love for that other person, right? So you love something together and you end up forming a bond to one another. Well, it just so happens, I really like films. And I've seen this displayed in a film franchise. Forgive me, uh, if you will. Please don't judge me. But anybody seen Fast and Furious? There's nine films out there, so maybe you've seen one or two. Well, the Fast and Furious franchise, it started off with one film, And it was all about racing a car in a straight line, a quarter mile, if you will. I believe we're up to nine films now. And uh, so these ragtag bunch of people from different walks of life and different experiences, but they love cars, they end up loving cars and end up being a family. And there's this running gag through the whole nine uh, episodes or nine films where actually they're family. In fact, by the end of, I guess, number nine, not only are they just driving cars, they're like driving spaceships and stuff. It's gone to a crazy whole nother level. And uh, they're they're literally trying to save the world from just driving (laughs) a quarter mile. Now they're saving the world from complete and utter annihilation. But throughout, you see this bond of family. And there's memes online, if you will, of uh, Vin Diesel, when people are saying all these big, bad bad guys and things like that. And then you've got Vin Diesel saying, but I've got family. And that the running gag is family overcomes all. Well, it just so happens when we think about it this way, it can be helpful to understand the family of faith. But actually, rather than just simply saying we have a common love for Jesus and our common love for Jesus helps us love one another, really, family in this case is defined by God's love for us. God called you to be family. God chose you to be family. And it came at a cost. So 
God even saved you or gives an opportunity that through saving grace, you can be family. So it's not simply our love for him, which is true, and it does help us love one another, but the family we're talking about is because Jesus loves us and chose us to be family. So you'll see an emphasis of family throughout Scripture, and I've picked the story of Noah, but you can see it through the whole Old Testament and then into the New Testament. And the story of Noah is quite well known, so I thought we'd start there. And uh, in the story of Noah, from Adam down to Noah, basically God created a wonderful world, and we had relationship with God. But unfortunately, sin came into creation, and there was obviously not just Adam and Eve's fault, but there was actually spiritual rebellion from Satan. And so by the time we get to Noah, the world is full of sin. It's full of evil. It's corrupt. People are harming one another. There's violence. There's abuse. And God is grieved. He's hurting because he's hurting for the family he's made, and they're hurting one another. And he cares. But the thing is, God is holy. And he's like, well, I guess I've got to reboot. It's so bad. It's got so bad. I think I just need to start over. This good world has become corrupted. But because of God being the faithful, loving God that he is, his desire, regardless of being judge over all the world, his desire is to save. His desire is to free. His desire is to restore. So despite God feeling all this grief, there was a promise made in uh, the garden with Adam and Eve, but even just in himself, he found, during this time, Noah. He found Noah to be a righteous man, a blameless man. And so he shares with Noah his plan to renew the world. And he talks about sending a flood. And so he calls Noah and his family to build the ark and to go on the ark. And you know the two-by-two story. So we're going to pick up from chapter 7, and uh, this is what it says. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Verse 5, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. The story goes on. They get on the ark. All the animals are in there. Two by two, they come. And... uh, Before it begins to rain, God shuts them in the ark. It rains for 40 days and 40 nights. Hopefully you know the story. The boat, the ark, comes to rest on Mount Ararat. The water covers the world for about 150 days. And during that time, uh, Noah sends out a raven, and the raven comes back. Can't find any land. So he then sends out a dove. The dove comes back. Can't find any land. He then sends out a dove again, and the dove comes back with a bit, a little branch, an olive leaf, showing that land was available. Noah then sends out the dove one final time, and the dove doesn't return. And Noah knows at that point he can come out. He has been faithful before the storm, through the storm, and even after the storm. Him and his family have made it past the rains. And so we can pick up the story in chapter 9 from verse 7. Noah and his family 
come out of the ark with all the animals. This is what God says. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on earth and increase upon it. This is echoes of what God had said to Adam and Eve in the garden. It's chapter 1, verse 28 of Genesis. You can even see it at the beginning of chapter 9. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. God chose to save, to renew and restore through Noah and his family. The world was recreated in some sense. But not just that. There was a prophecy or there was a promise made from God to Adam and Eve that through family, through descendants, through generations, one would come to completely liberate us and free us. And so you can track even Noah's timeline and Noah's family through Luke's gospel. And you'll find through Noah and his generations, there comes one named Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus was the son of God, is the son of God, the perfect, righteous son of God. And he lived a life teaching the ways of God, showing what God is like. And eventually, that led to him dying on a cross. He was innocent, but he died on a cross. But it was always God's plan. Jesus and God the Father decided this with the Holy Spirit. This was always the plan. Because through the judgment of what was going to happen, God was making a way to save all humanity. And Jesus died on the cross. And all the sin, all the evil of the world was dealt with on the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. Three days later, Jesus was buried in a, um, in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again, defeating death, which is the consequence of sin. So he dealt with sin. Now, I want to show you just simply how Jesus, the story of Jesus' death and resurrection, you can see in the story of Noah. Jesus, the Son of God, righteous and morally perfect, went to the cross willingly. He experienced sin and judgment of the world on him, but he rose again to new life on the third day. He even, you see, the tombstone was removed out the way. And so we believe today that through our repentance and faith in Christ Jesus and what he did, we can receive new life and have a relationship with God. Listen to what happens with Noah. Noah, the son of Lamech, which actually means despairing. Interesting, isn't it? God was despairing. Anyway, he was blameless. It says he walked with God, kind of like Jesus being righteous. Noah willingly built the ark and then went on the ark. Noah experienced the rain, the judgment of God on the world. And you could say through that picture, the judgment of God even upon the ark, just as Jesus died on the cross, wood and wood for 
the ark. When they came to rest, because of Noah being righteous, his whole family was granted the ark as well. They came out onto new ground. Now, the family of Noah was eight in number, okay? Now, check this out. In Hebraic understanding, numbers mean a lot. Seven is a number of completeness and fullness. Look at God's patience. He waits to the seventh day for judgment to come out. Now, here's what's interesting. When Noah comes out with his family, the number is eight of them. Eight represents new life. New life through this family. God saved. God chose to save. And despite having to judge because he's a holy God, he gave a way to save. Jesus died on a cross, and through faith in Jesus, we get life and we get to be family. Noah went on the ark, and because he went on the ark, his family connected to him. Full of their willingness and obedience, they were saved. So there you go. Jesus saves. Noah had a saving experience to project us, see the family. Now, that is family from Noah to Jesus. Let me just show you something really interesting. If you track the family from Adam to Noah in Genesis chapter 5, if you look at the lineage of all the names of the people through the seed and through the family line, the generations, descendants from Adam to Noah, look what they mean, the Hebrew words. From Adam to Noah, this is what it says. Man appointed mortal sorrow. That's the fall. That's the sin. That's, that's our situational reality. Yet, the blessed of God, Jesus, shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing, those who are fallen, rest. This is Noah. Rest and comfort. God's heart for us. Despite the storms of life, despite him needing to judge because he is a good God and he can't let evil just slide like that, he deals with it and he makes a way out. He calls Jesus to save us. We are family because God loves us and we are family because he chose us. And finally, you know in the story, we all think of the rainbow as a reminder well, how about this? I know it's a reminder that God will never destroy the world again, but it's also in the rains. But it's also a reminder of his love, that despite the judgment that should fall on us, it fell on Jesus so that we can be saved and have family. And later on, I guess you won't be able to see it because we'll cut it up. We've got Costco cake for you. It's a birthday cake because people are getting baptized. New life, being baptized into Jesus. New life, being baptized into the family of God as well. And there you have the rainbow, the covenant God makes with us and all of creation, that despite his judgment, he loves us, he chose us, and he makes a way out. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, Father, although we have all fallen short of your standards, your heart towards us was to save us because you chose us from the beginning of the world, from before the beginning of the world, to be holy and blameless, to be like you. And through Christ Jesus, through his death and resurrection, through faith in him, we are forgiven of all our sin, past, present, and future. And by faith, we can have a relationship with you where you are our Abba loving father. Jesus is like a brother to us.
And we can live in relationship as a family together with you now and forevermore. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in person and online.